Thanks for joining us today on the Honey Creative Podcast. Today, my guest is Alex Damari. Alex is a creative pastor, a worship leader, and a songwriter. And we're talking about building discipline into your life as a creative, leading creative teams, and the creative process behind large productions and recording a live worship album. I'm so excited for you to hear this conversation. So let's get right into it. So we're here on Honey Creative Podcast, and we have Alex Damari, who is the creative pastor and South Campus pastor at Motion Church. So Alex, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, so glad to be here. Awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know I just gave away your job, but talk about who you are, your favorite things to do, your family, all of that. Love it. Yeah, I'm the creative pastor um, and the South Hill Campus pastor. Uh, here at Motion Church, have been for the last four and a half years. Um, have a family, uh, a wife for the last six years, and three little kids, three and under. So we are in the thick of parenthood and all that kind of stuff, which is fun. Um, yeah, we. Uh, I've always been in ministry uh, from uh, a very young age. My dad has been a pastor my whole life. <clears throat> have been in the creative side of ministry basically my whole life, playing drums in church since I was eight. Um, my parents started a church in year 2000, and uh, that's the church I started leading worship in, getting more involved with leading teams and all that. I uh, got the opportunity to go to Hillsong for two years and learn from some of the best. Yeah. Um, and I uh, took a season in youth pastored. I was very humbled in that season, <laughs> of just in the grind of a smaller church um, in central Washington. Uh, loved it and thought I was going to do that the rest of my life. And got a crazy call out of nowhere to uh, come be the creative pastor here at Motion Church. Uh, and so now I've been doing that for four and a half years and loving every bit of it. It's been That's so awesome. great. Yeah. yeah, it's been great. So tell me about when you discovered your creative gifts. How did you discover them? Um, yeah, just talk to me about that. Yeah. When I was uh, probably seven, I saw the drum set at church. and would always run over to it and, and bang on it. And my mom... Uh, knew a little bit about drums, not a ton. And so she made the decision, uh, instead of buying me a drum set to see if I was actually into it, she built me one out of wood and little pythons. And so it (laughs) sat in the corner of our dining room uh, and I would bang on this thing for hours. And so they got me professional drum lessons and my drum set was uh, little blocks of wood (laughs) at home. And I would learn on this thing and do all my rudiments and, uh, you know, all my different uh, practicing on it. That's awesome. And I just fell in love with music at that point. Um, I never really did anything outside of <clears throat> music, uh, probably till I was maybe 17. Mm-hmm. That was just kind of my main lane. Uh, wouldn't do any video, any, um, you know, actually writing music, anything like that. Just kind of played uh, yeah. what was out there. Really, when I got into college, that's when I like my eyes were opened to the idea that I could do more than just music. Yeah. And I could I could actually create um, productions. I could, mm-hmm. you know, create videos. Um, do things uh, through the written word, um, through visual, all that. And so uh, I was involved when I was at Hillsong the first year, I got to lead a lighting team. Um, and so instead of doing music, I did lighting for the yeah. first year. And that's where I just really, you know, started to open up and step into more creative realms of um, of the emotional side of bringing music out and all that. Yeah. And, putting colors to music was like a brand new thought to me, you know, like that, that had never been a thing. It was at our little church, uh, in central Washington was honestly, 
you just turn on the lights and let them like, you know, go crazy and whatever. <laughs> yeah. And it was the first time we were painting with lights. Yeah. And when we started doing that, that's when I started seeing music in a whole different way that it had a story to tell and a journey mm-hmm. to take. Um, and so from there, I uh, just have been so passionate about, um, you know, expressing music in a different way, creating different things. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's just been a progression of my life of, um, you know, you start with music and you're creative in that way and then you just grow from that and, you know, express it in different ways. That's so cool. I love how you kind of talk about like the layers of creative expression because music by itself can be so powerful, but when you add, you know, visual elements and other things, it really like takes people on a journey. It really does. That's really cool. Right on. And you and I have worked a lot together in that field of creating productions and yeah. and doing video and, and all of that to music, which has been so much fun. Absolutely. I absolutely loved yeah, it. Yeah, I, I agree for sure. Yeah. Cool. So you lead in a lot of capacities, especially now you're a campus pastor yeah. and a creative pastor. Um, so you've, you've seen a lot of different leadership roles and the ki- kinds of people that you lead mm-hmm. in those roles, which me being one of them, because you used to be my <laughs> boss for a for hot sure. minute there, <laughs> which was super fun. Um, but tell me how leading creative people are, um, or is a unique experience to leading everyone else? Yeah. Uh, creative people are emotional people. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Most of the time. Uh, there's the rare, uh, the rare case where you have someone who's not, um, and that even makes the dynamic of leading creative people even harder Yeah. because you can't just put everybody in the same size, you know, Mm -hmm. box. Um, really, I think it all comes down for me. What I've realized over the years of even working with you, um, who would be on that side that, that if we talk about the balance of, uh, emotional or not, uh, you and I are very much the same. We're both emotional (laughs) leaders. And we both believe we're right all the time. All the time. (laughs) Yeah. But then there's the other people who we would call the black hats who are people that are very analytical and like things laid out. What I've realized after even uh, my now eight and a half years of ministry is it the best way to lead creatives is to make expectations clear. Yeah. Um, and when expectations aren't clear, emotions get higher. Uh, people, you know, as creatives, we just, we carry our, yeah. um, our jobs as our own art piece. It's true. Like we think that everything that we do that they're attacking us, not our, mm-hmm. you know, in our art and our expression. We think yeah. they're attacking that. When half the time in church, it's all about trying to get the different things done, like, you know, filling all the roles and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. we all take it so personally. Mm-hmm. And so that's even something I've been working through in the last year is um, making sure that every expectation is written out. I really, I say this a lot that um, unwritten expectations can be the death of the organization. Yeah. Um, and so... You know, I think I wish I knew that. I wish someone would have told me that. And I think I probably would have heard it. But you have to experience things so often. That's true, yeah. Um, but yes, creative people. Um, the biggest thing that, you know, I would say is you have to let dreams become ideas. Yeah. Um, because I think a lot of times people will put it backwards. They'll go, oh, that's just an idea, like whatever. But oftentimes we can crush dreams before they're actual ideas. Yeah. Uh, creatives dream first and then we build it into an idea mm-hmm. and then we actually format something out of that right yeah. i would say it that's the progression of it because it's we always dream about doing something bigger than our, ourselves you know mm-hmm. and so um when we crush those dreams 
It crushes the spirit. Mm -hmm. It crushes the idea of being creative because we're dreaming. We're expressing through that. And then, uh, you know, so you have to make that dynamic. And when you figure out when people have taken that dream and put it into an idea or like a thought or formatted it into something, a substance, that's when you can come and challenge it and tweak it a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I realized that in my songs. I think that's where I first realized this because I would bring... I would write a chorus and be so stoked on it and bring it right away to somebody. Yeah. And so it was an idea. It was a dream, you know, and then it became an idea and I wrote it down and I'm like, here we go. And I'd bring it to even the people that maybe uh, were the analytical people Yeah. and they would destroy it and they would ruin yeah. it. And I would leave feeling so defeated. Yeah. And I was doing that with other people too because I didn't realize that that was a thing. Mm-hmm. And the moment that um, I was even challenged on that kind of idea, just slightly, um, that... Uh, you have to let the dreams become these ideas or you have to let them lay out. Once it happens, uh, then you're able to really start to move with that and tweak with it and people are okay with it. And so uh, if you make the expectations clear from the beginning that everything is going to be a collaboration Mm -hmm. on your team, uh, then that already takes the pressure off. But then also let people develop their dreams, let them write it out, dream it out, write the song all the way, and then adjust it afterwards yeah. once they're ready to let their dreams become an idea. That's that awesome. Sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I think that's great. And I think one thing that we've done a lot in groups and collaborations, especially working on like conference openers yeah. or Easter openers that I've always appreciated. And it's probably my absolute favorite thing that I ever did on staff and get to do as a volunteer is just collaborate with creatives and take a a prophetic vision and create a story to allow people to really enter in. Um, So yeah, talk me through that process. Like how do you approach coming to the group? How do you organize that, um, you know, those dreams and those ideas uh, to fit a prophetic vision that our pastors have given us for a conference or Easter? Yep. Um, it's di- It's been different, I think, every time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the beauty of the creativity of it. Yeah. Because I think if it's the same every time, if it's like a robot, uh, then you're just going to get the same thing every time. Mm-hmm. And so I really, I take the time before we gather all the people, I make sure it's the right people in the group. Yeah. Um, I made that mistake, and I hope everybody can learn from that, uh, of just grabbing everybody that's creative around you and shoving them in a room and saying, here it is, and it can actually destroy the vibes of everything. So you got to be protective of that. So Mm -hmm. you choose the right people. Um, You pray a lot about it, what you feel like the Lord is speaking to you as the leader of this production, as the, you know, key person. um, Once you get that and you take the vision from whoever's leading the event, um, say if it's Our Ladies Conference, we get kind of the scripture, the vibes that our senior pastor is going for, all that. And once we get all those things, I pray on those, I pick the right team, and then we come and we lay it out on the whiteboard. And then um, I figure out what the expectation is for mm-hmm. our team. So we first have our initial team, which is our team meeting, which is simply a vision casting meeting and an expectation meeting. Yeah. And so come together and say, here's the vision of the thing, here's what we're thinking. Um, this upcoming year is all bright colors, very vibrant. And so that's what we're already thinking about. So even as I'm listening to music now, I'm going, uh, what, how can we express these bright colors in a way that really, um, you know, brings vibrance and helps to send people. Um, 
So that's what you think through. Uh, you come together, you make the expectations clear. I'm looking for everybody to bring something to the table, yeah. whether it's a song, you know, you basically list out songs, um, you know, special features, mm. uh, you know, creative elements, fun elements, fun ideas. You list out all the very practical things that we need to bring this whole thing together. And once you list that out, uh, then you send everybody home for a week or two weeks yeah. and you don't talk to them. And you let everybody just sit on it. They have the vision. They know what they want. If they're creatives, they're thinking about it all the time, yeah. like I do all the time. And then the goal is that we come back together for a weekly meeting, basically leading all the way up to the conference. We come together and we start to just format. We lay out all these ideas on a, on, you know, on a whiteboard. And a lot of times, sometimes we'll come with all these ideas mm-hmm. and it kind of like feels like just this weird arrangement <laughs> yeah. of of random things and it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But what you do is you just slide that over and keep them in the back pocket mm-hmm. because oftentimes you need those crazy random moments in a production or in, you know, a, a feature song or something. I remember this last year, one of my ideas was to bring out those big, uh, you know, tube airflowy guys yeah. out onto the stage, <laughs> but it was like, where would that even fit? And we just sat it over on the side for a long time until yeah. finally we picked a song and then we figured out how to add that element into it. And so that's kind of the dynamic that you do with that. But really it comes down to what's the journey of the thing. And I think yeah. that that's what we're able to come up with as a team is you just say, here's the vision of it, um, where we want to start people and where we want them to finish at the beginning and and, and end of each night mm. um, is really what we're going to try to achieve. Yeah. So you put the vision out there, you make it clear, you put the expectation and then you lay out the plan of the journey. And then you're just simply placing songs, placing ideas, placing scriptures, all that into this and making, you know, is as much as you can trying to take things from a different viewpoint to where it creates a new um, emotion in someone. And so if you can lay that all out and then you just every week go right back through it. And what's cool is, uh, the first week probably looks 50% different from the last week yeah. because we rework it. We go back through it and all of a sudden people go, actually, I've been thinking about that and it feels like it's going to be this kind of vibe. And everybody goes, oh yeah, that's right. That's yeah. that's going to do the wrong vibe in the room or that scripture actually doesn't work as good as this one because mm-hmm. you know, I really felt the Lord speaking to me. So it's a ton of art. It's a ton of science too. Yeah. It's all you lay out a structure of how it's going to be, but it all really comes back to expectations. Yeah. If you walk in to your first meeting and you don't give expectations to your people, you're going to come back and you're going to be the only one bringing ideas. Yeah. And that's happened where I felt like it's only me and you or yeah. one other person that have brought ideas. And I sit there going, we have eight people in this circle. Yeah. Where are your guys' ideas? <laughs> and it's because I didn't make the expectations clear enough. And so totally. that's kind of what we do. And then uh, again, you have to wait till your dream becomes an idea or a, an actual thing. And once that thing is established, then you present that to your senior pastor. Mm-hmm. Because if you try to bring a dream to them, uh, they're going to miss it. They're going to miss yep. the expression of it. So you have to bring a full done thing to your senior pastor. Yeah, that's yeah. so good. That's so good. I think getting back to kind of um, the process, I remember last year for Ladies Conference, we our very first meeting, you just came to us and said, okay, we're not going to do any ideas today. We're literally just going to say, how do we want people to feel? And that was like such a special moment because we really like talked about, okay, the, the theme was hope calls. So we talked about hopelessness and we talked about all the things that women go through and 
and struggle with. And we really were able to say, okay, so we want to speak to this. We want to speak to this. These are the ways that we want them to feel. Yep. And then I think from there, we all just got so much um, just vision for it, I guess. Totally. And we all came back with so many ideas and yeah. we were able to use so many to create. I think I think it was the most successful thing so, that we've sure. done, just being able to name like, this is how I want people to feel and yeah. what we want them to experience. So that well, was cool. I think something we, we've always done is we're not doing it in our own strength and we always rely on Jesus yeah. and the Holy Spirit's impression on our heart of what he wants us to do. And so there's always prayer before there's always prayer yeah. after. And even I remember that time where we just took some time just to invest yeah. in that moment to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. And yeah. those are going to be the game changers. My yeah. best ideas are me walking around the church with headphones on praying yeah. and all of a sudden something random gets downloaded and I go, Oh, that that's what we need for that moment. Yeah. So, that's so good. Yeah. I love that. So um, talk to me a little bit about um, keeping a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and what you do, because we kind of touched on that a little bit. Yeah. But I mean, what you do is very fast paced. It's very high pressure and it's, yeah. it's, it never stops. Yep. So there's always, you have ladies conference and then you're already thinking about Christmas and then you're already thinking mm -hmm. about Easter. And so you are, are planning multiple events plus album recordings and writing songs for albums and all of that. There's so much going on. So how do you maintain that sensitivity to the Holy Spirit throughout all of that craziness? Yeah, I think the most cliche thing to say is our spiritual disciplines yeah. of reading God's Word, of praying and all that. And I think that's amazing. I think you have to find the one that inspires you the most out of your yeah. spiritual disciplines. So reading God's Word is not my inspiration moment. That's yeah. my moment of my devotion to the Lord. Mm which there are moments where God's word speaks to me and I go, oh, that's amazing. That's a cool yeah. moment. That's probably once a month, <laughs> yeah. you know, maybe once a week, something like that. My inspiration moment is solitude. And that's kind mm. of a funny one. Um, you know, basically I try to find at least one time a day and you'll see me every once in a while just walking through the lobby and you're like, do you have something to do? Like <laughs> yeah. people will ask me that. And it's honestly just a moment to disconnect yeah. from the daily tasks and all the random little things and just to clear my headspace. Because I think headspace for me is the thing when it gets too full, I can't create. Yep. When I create, when I have space in my head, then I'm able to really step into that and create something new. And so uh, that's even something my wife knows. And so I take a time pretty much every day. Um, I have a hot tub outside uh, <laughs> and I sit in that you know, maybe once a day, every other day. Yeah. And I just take a moment. I don't have my phone. I don't have anything. I just listen to the air. I listen to the trees. I just sit in God's presence and allow him to speak to me. And so that's when I really get sensitive to the spirit because I clear everything. And um, I heard it said in a song today, actually, a brand new song that just came out, um, that silence is my sacrifice of praise. Mm -hmm. um, and it just resonated in my heart so much because so often I'm I'm the person talking. Yeah. I'm the person leading teams of people. I'm the person challenging people or writing out the expectations, all these things. But really, um, me calming down and not talking is a big deal. Yeah. Um, and so when I do that, that's when the impression of the Holy Spirit comes. But I think everybody just has to figure it out for themselves yeah. of what that moment looks like. Obviously, you need to be ready and available and just like open your ears of, you know, open the ears of your heart and just listen because the Holy Spirit's always talking. Yeah. But we get so cluttered with things. Like I have a, a limit on my Instagram that's 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And it's very rare I push the ignore button on that. 
and I'll do Instagram for 15 minutes a day and then I shut it off. Yeah. Because that's just more stuff talking all the time, talking, yeah. talking, talking. So the more that you can disconnect from that, engage in the Holy Spirit, let your disciplines be in order. If your disciplines aren't in order, you're not going to hear yeah. um, in the impression of the Holy Spirit. Once those things are in order, then find the one that the Holy Spirit really works in you. Because maybe it's in your prayer life. Maybe that's your cool. discipline of prayer, Holy Spirit speaks to you. Or maybe it's in worship, yeah. listening to music. So it just depends on whatever it is for you. Yeah, I love that. I've never heard anyone say that, actually. Hmm. Because I think so, so often you hear... You have to, you know, these disciplines and you kind of are expected to be spoken to through all of them. But yep. I love that idea that like some people, the word of God is that devotion and you choose to do it to be faithful, yeah. but it may not be that biggest, you know, inspiration or avenue that the Holy Spirit speaks to you. So I love that. I think that's really, really cool. And awesome. I think it's releasing to people as well to not be like, oh my gosh, I didn't pray for an hour today. Well, maybe that isn't the way that, you know, the Holy Spirit speaks to you. Maybe you sit down for 10 minutes and you take that time and you be disciplined rather than it being your, I love that, your expression. So that's great. So, yeah, um, so setting vision for team, because I love, this is another thing that I really love the way that you do, and I'd love for you to share it with people, is setting vision for your team, because I love the way that the creative team really has a very clear vision. Everyone on the creative team loves the creative team, Mm -hmm. and you, you know, we made those shirts a few years ago that says, I love creative, and I think people still wear them because they really do love their team and they have a lot of vision and passion and um, and they're really allowed to be empowered yeah. in that team. So talk to me about about that, setting vision, um, creating a team that people feel included in and, and loved on. Yeah. Uh, God's word says, without vision, the people will perish. Mm-hmm. And so my number one job as the leader of the creative team is to have vision, Yeah, which is the, one of the most intimidating parts of it all. Yeah. Because when you get locked into the details, when you get uh, all your leaders around you saying, this is what we're expecting of you. When you have, um, you know, 15 services during a week that you need to have, uh, you know, bands for or production teams, whatever. Um, it's hard to have vision in those moments because yeah. you feel like vision is just coming from everybody else that's telling you what to do. Um, but as a creative team, we have to have something we're looking ahead to. Yeah. Uh, and so... It's one of my main jobs, and sometimes it's a burden, sometimes it's a relief. But what I would say is simply, um, you know, I would say Brian Houston is one of the greatest visionaries of our time. Yeah. And he wrote a statement at the beginning of everything of Hillsong when it first started called The Church I See. And if you haven't read it, uh, you're missing out big time, so go read it. Yeah. Um, But what it does is you see a church before it ever got planted, before there were you know, churches like on TV or being broadcast or whatever, like around the world, you look at this statement of faith where a man stood there with audacious faith and wrote out, we're going to do things that I've never seen done before. That's cool. And that's what I've always lived as. And I take every year as a new year of the team I see. And so I I have this little book. It's a leather book. Um, I got it one time on a trip. And it's very special to me, and a lot of people have never seen it. And Mm -hmm. no one probably will, maybe my wife. But I take some time at the beginning of the year, and for my family, I write out the goals and the dreams that I have for our family. Um, And then for ministry, I go through and I write out goals and dreams and ideas, and I allow the Holy Spirit to take some time. And you've even been a part of some of these where 
we take the team offside. Yeah. And uh, and I share what God has been speaking to me about the team, um, what the the vision is for the word for that year for the team. And then what I do is I just allow my team to add to it and build on it because the main goal when you present vision to people is that they get a bite of it. Yeah. If you don't let people have a bite of the vision, there's no unity. Mm -hmm. Nobody feels like they feel like they're just doing tasks instead of actually uh, being a part of it, you know? And so that's what I do is I just let people get as much, like I let people sink their teeth into the vision to where it becomes theirs also. Um, it, again, most of the time, the, the thing that gets impressed on me is in my time of solitude, um, just allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to me or some, I mean, honestly, sometimes it can be a song for me, um, where, uh, you know, a big one in this season, it's been, it's been a wild season because we've watched as a lot of team has cycled out, even staff, Mm -hmm. but what's crazy is to watch God as he just replaces it and with some people that are even better. Um, on the team and stuff, which you just like in the moment when you think about people leaving, you go, there's no way. Yeah. Um, but something God's really been speaking to me and it's going to be our word for this next year um, is open hands. That's cool. And the whole idea that we hold our team with open hands. And if we if we give with open hands, we can receive with open hands. Yeah. And so really that was just out of a moment of honestly listening to the song Good Grace. Yeah. Um, I was at the album recording um, last uh, November and when they sang that line, that's when I knew that word was for our team. That's good. Because um, I just knew that that was what God was going to speak into the next season of our team. And that was before any of the transitions were even announced. Wow. I knew that Open Hands was going to be. And so I shared it with some of the team back then. And I really believe it's helped me to get through this season all the more yeah. of letting people go. But it's been wild to watch as our team is flourishing more than ever before right now. That's we've been so receiving cool. It. So yeah, I hope that answers that. Yeah, no, it totally does. Um, so let's talk a little bit about creative disciplines. So this is a little bit more practical yeah. because I think you set a really good example of being a disciplined creative. Um, I remember, I don't know if you're still doing it, but a couple of years ago you told us at a retreat, a songwriter's retreat, that you were committed to writing one song every week, yeah. whether it was a chorus or a verse or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's a very disciplined thing to do. I think a lot of creatives kind of go, oh, well, when inspiration hits me, you know, (laughs) upside the head, I'll sit down and I'll do it. But it's so, that's so not what happens. Like you get inspired by doing it. So tell me about creative discipline, um, you know, encourage people with that. Yeah, absolutely. I would say creative discipline can't even start to happen until the disciplines of your life are in place. Yeah. So if you can't even clean your room, if you can't clean out your car, yeah. if you uh, are lazy at taking out the trash, you could try all you want to be disciplined in creativity, but you're never going to be. Yeah. And so when you lock in those daily disciplines of, you know, first of all, your spiritual disciplines, yeah. when those are in place, then you could do your daily disciplines and you do those things. And then when you have that, then you're going to have the discipline unlocked to be able to say, this is what I want to do and a goal I want to achieve. Yeah. And even if you have a week where you miss it, at least you get back on track. Perfection, I think, is the biggest killer of create creatives all around. Yeah. Because we all think if we miss one week or fail one time, we've missed it all together. Yeah. And that's where I just encourage everybody to know that God isn't looking for perfection. He's just looking for you to come as you are. Yeah. Um, but with that, um, we need to bring our very best to yeah. the Lord. And so... Um, you know, I, I think it's honestly that simple with, 
with me, with whatever creative discipline I have in my life or what I need to, to do, to produce, um, really comes from the convictions that my wife and I have set in our home. This is how we're going to operate. These are the ways we're going to live by, um, and making sure that I'm always locked into those. And when I can do that, then I can just lock in whatever kind of creative discipline I want. You know? That's so good. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think having uh, either a weekly goal or, or a, a daily goal, something like that is so important. Big and time. yeah, something that sometimes we, we don't uh, understand inspiration quite as much as we think we do. <laughs> yeah. It's not mystical. It's really something that kind of is built over time. Yeah. I think what it, like, whatever your big overarching goal is, say, if it's an album, then you need to start working towards that. Yeah. And that's always have, you always have to have the vision in place to yeah. have the discipline. Cause if you're just doing it out of discipline and there's no goal in sight, that's true. Yeah. I get lost in the middle of that. But when yeah. I go, oh, I have an event coming, I, I have to have the discipline of daily exploring or like getting inspired or seeing things, you know, like listening to different music. That's when all of a sudden, like, um, you know, that comes into play where my disciplines are in order. So that's where I would say whatever the thing is you're creating, a website, a podcast, a, yeah. an album, um, you know, a photography business, whatever it is, you just need to lock in and say, that's the goal. Yeah. What is it going to take to get me there? That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of creatives really struggle with that. So that's a really good, really good guide, I think. Yeah. Um, so talk to me a little bit about um, creating an album because it's something I haven't really talked about much with anyone yet. So give me kind of an overview of what it looks like for your team to create an album. It's kind of a fun, um, it's kind of a fun process. I think a lot of people don't really know what goes into it. So tell us a little bit about that. It's a massive process. Yeah. Um, we call it album season and it usually lasts about eight months. Yeah. Um, and so how album season starts, um, is me praying me taking some solitude and figuring out what the Lord is speaking, whether that's through our senior pastor's vision or whether I feel like something's impressed on my heart for a theme for that season. And so what I do is I reach out to uh, my key songwriters team right now. We have about 18 songwriters in our church. That's awesome. Um, A team that I've just built from seeing potential in people Mm -hmm. and just gathered them, giving them some tools and let them go. Um, I send that vision out and I set up a songwriters retreat. Um, And, why we do those is really, um, it's to champion the songwriting process. It's not about, uh, actually going and writing enough songs for an album, Yeah, which I think creative teams can miss sometimes because, um, then all you're doing is once a year, you have yeah. a bunch of people that write songs. Um, what we do is we have a songwriters team now, um, that they have to turn in two songs a month That's cool. um, of demos. Um, and so it's been amazing to even hear those songs and even one of those songs went on our, went on our last album, which is super cool. But basically we bring everybody together with the songs that they've been writing for the last year. Um, and you're only allowed to bring, um, has to be a pre-written song has to be, uh, there, they have to bring three songs. They have to be pre-written with a verse, a chorus, a bridge. It has to be up to three sections. Yeah. Um, and then we come together. It has to be an acoustic or piano demo. I don't want to hear a full demo yeah. um, because we will tear it apart uh, in many <laughs> yeah. ways. And so it just come. It has a melody and it has the lyrics. And we put the lyrics up on a TV. And we spend the whole first night. We stay up till about 3 a.m. Yeah. listening to all. This last year we had uh, 67 songs. Oh, my gosh. And so we just went nuts and listened all night long. After you stop... 
I ask that one person encourages, one person maybe brings a little critiquing of how things can be done, and then another person encourages. And so that's kind of the whole goal is that you just go right through those songs. And then we take some time and write some songs while we're there. Yeah. But after that retreat, I let those, I sit on those songs for a while. And while the songs are being played, I even list out like what I think the songs that have massive potential are. Yeah. And then we take them to the whiteboard, you know, or the drawing board and just rip them apart. Yeah. Change the lyrics, change the format, change the chord structure, whatever we do. Um, we pick the songs that really fit the theme the best for the season mm -hmm. of our church. Um, what's crazy about this last album is I think only four of the songs came from retreat. Wow. And the rest of them were just songs written throughout the year. That's cool. Um, that uh, people have just been writing out of the vision and the life of our church, which is super cool. Um, and so basically we took all these songs that have been in our church or from the retreat, and you kind of lay them out and you figure out these are the right songs. Um, one of my biggest goals now is that um, eighty percent of the songs have been sung in church before we put it on a put them on an album. Yeah, because I don't want to get in an album recording, and we've done this before, where they only knew two of the ten songs. Yeah, and the whole time people are just looking at you and they don't know what's going on. So if we're gonna do a live album, studio albums are different, obviously. But right. if we're gonna do a live album. We want the church to know 80% of the songs. Yeah. And so then when we come together, it's a worship night. Yeah. And so that's simply what we do is we go through, we do all the keys production, all the tracks beforehand. Uh, and so we have a team of people that go through and make every bit of it, make full demos for every song with the worship leader singing yeah. on them. And so it's the exact representation. And we have full tracks for the night already. Um, and so that's how we went into this last one. Uh, and then we do rehearsals. We only did five rehearsals leading up to it because our team is locked in and they know That's awesome. uh, what to do. And then how we operate as a team, too, is that you practice at home, we rehearse together. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so often it, that can get reversed to where you come <laughs> together and practice and that's when you fall behind. So we did five rehearsals, went through the 10 songs, felt really great. We had full tracks, went into the night, had a worship night, did a video recording of it. We're multi-track recording all of it uh, from the live night. But really on a live night, all you're capturing is the crowd and the drums yeah. um, and the arrangement of songs. Because what you want on a live album is the vibes. Right. Um, that's really what captures it. And so uh, we go through, we edit the drums first, uh, and then we go through everything and overdub it all. So we redo yeah. the bass. Uh, we already have all the keys production done, but there is some piano parts. We'll come back through and add those from the live night. Um, but we add everything, redo the electrics, redo the acoustics, bring in a fake crowd. Uh, we, I mean, it's not a fake crowd, but it's a crowd of great yeah. singers that we add over the top of our other crowd just to make it sound bigger and more full. Yeah. Um, we would, we'd rather call that a choir probably. Yeah. <laughs> That's a better uh, version I'd say. Probably. Um, but we come together, we do that. And then it really just, um, you know, helps to make that live sound. We send it off to a mixing engineer after we do all the editing they mix it down, send us a bunch of edits to, you know, we'll, we'll send them the edits, I mean. Um, once we figure out the sound we like, we send it off to get mastered. And then we take that mastered product and put it on iTunes and all that kind of stuff. And so it's a massive process. Yeah. The songwriting seasons are the longest. We generally will take in that season, I would say, uh, you know, well, yeah, it's probably more like uh, four months. And then we do two months of recording and then overdubbing. And then two months till the release. So it's kind of a split thing, but the songwriting is definitely the longest and most intentional part. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I think it's something that not a lot of people are exposed to. So it's super right. interesting. Yeah. I, but, I've learned a lot. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> learned <laughs> had, a lot being here. Yeah, yeah. You've had a bit of time to kind of 
figure all of it out. Yeah, so been around cool. the right people for sure. That's yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Um, so just to wrap up, um, I like to just open it up to one piece of advice or something that's been on your heart, something you would want to share with people. You kind of have free reign; it doesn't have to be on topic. So go yeah. for it. Um, I was actually reading in Philemon um, recently, uh, and I was really challenged on the idea of refreshing your heart. Yeah. Um, and I can read the scripture, actually. I can pull it up. But uh, this whole idea that um, I think so often we go from one thing to the next thing. Yeah. And we forget to take the time to allow the Lord to refresh our heart. That's true. Uh, and in Philemon, Paul says to him in verse four, uh, chapter 1, verse 4, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about all your love for all of his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. So first of all, we see that he has love for people yeah. and he has faith for the Lord. Um, loving God, loving people, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in verse 6, I pray that your partnership with us in faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every th- good thing we share for the sake of Christ. So next you see um, deepening your understanding of faith. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, this is the part um, I would say, if I can encourage anybody in today, this is what's on my heart. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. That's cool. We just have this awesome opportunity as creatives um, to figure out how to refresh ourselves yeah. so that we can refresh God's people. Mm-hmm. And uh, we get to do that through creative arts. We get to do that through expression. We get to do that through emotion, which no other team in the church gets to do that. Yeah. They do it through processes and procedures. Yeah. We do it through expression and creativity and emotion. Uh, And so you're not going to do that out of a place of being dry. You're not going to do that out of a place of being, um, you know, burnt out. Yeah. Really what I'd encourage is to figure out a way to be refreshed to find, okay. to get your disciplines, to love people, to love God, to, uh, you know, dig in, in your knowledge and understanding of the Holy Spirit. And from that, be refreshed so that you can refresh the hearts of others. Cause that's, that's cool. the mandate that's on us. Mm-hmm. My goal, every time that I leave a worship set is that God would be praised, um, that people would have a greater understanding of him. But I hope that in some way, that they get a new hope for tomorrow, that they get refreshed by the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit and they get encouraged in their calling. And so if I can encourage in anything today, and I think, you know, every if you'd ask me tomorrow, it would be a different answer. <laughs> yeah. Today it would be to refresh yourself yeah. and to be in God's presence. Listen to some new music. Take some time of solitude. Um, refresh your spirit so that you can refresh the Lord's people. Yeah, that is so good. Right on. Well, that's awesome. a really good way to wrap it up. So <laughs> awesome. thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, I absolutely. think this is really going to encourage some people and maybe even help some leaders, you know, learn how to lead their teams. And yeah, um, yeah I'm really excited. So thank you so much. Well, thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for joining us. I don't know about you, but I am so challenged to build better disciplines into my life after that conversation. And I just love the idea of the process of dreams becoming ideas and then being put into action. So if you guys like the podcast and were encouraged by today's episode, we would love to have you subscribe, share, and comment. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at The Honey Creative. And while you're on Instagram, be sure to go follow Alex at Alexander Damari. Thanks for joining us and we hope you'll tune in next time.